This podcast may contain content that may be alarming or triggering to some listeners, including suicide, violence, trafficking, adolescent pregnancy, and homelessness. Please check the show's notes for more detailed descriptions and take care of yourself. Welcome to Red Bean Baby, where the only thing more New Orleans than red beans and rice on a Monday is Red Bean Baby, the podcast that discusses parenting at Covenant House. Red Bean Baby is your opportunity to hear conversation amongst those with lived experiences and subject matter experts on a variety of social justice and public policy issues. Covenant House New Orleans is dedicated to serving all youth with unconditional love and absolute respect, helping youth experiencing homelessness and protecting and safeguarding all youth in need. I'm your host, Joya, a former resident and parent of Maternal Pathways at Covenant House New Orleans, bringing you all the guests and topics surrounding youth, life without housing, first-time parents, and so much more. So grab your cafe au lait and settle in for another episode of Red Bean Baby. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Red Bean Baby Podcast. I'm your host, Joya, and I am here today with Nurse Nikki. How are you doing today, Nurse Nikki? I am good. Thank you for having me. That's good. That's good. Thank you for coming. Um, So I just want you to tell the people a little bit about yourself and how you got connected with Covenant House. Yeah, so I'm a board-certified family nurse practitioner. I'm also an international board certified lactation consultant. Um, so I help folks uh, support them through their pregnancy. So we offer preconception, so education before you're pregnant, care um, and support during your pregnancy, and then in their postpartum period up until one year postpartum. Um, I was contacted by Miss Ebony at Covenant House because of work that I had done with Healthy Start and with WIC and I really do have a true passion for helping young folks um, just in general <laughs> with their babies um, and living life. So it kind of became a, a good combination. And I really, really enjoyed my time um, with Covenant House and helping families grow um, and succeed and thrive through their pregnancy and their postpartum. Well, that is amazing. And um, what are some first steps that you feel people should take if they think they're pregnant or if they think their partner's pregnant? Right. So they should access healthcare. <laughs> um, and I tell people the sooner we can access healthcare, the sooner we that we can get some resources. And when I say access healthcare, I want them to find or reach out to someone to help them find mm -hmm. a provider that will support them as a person and not as a patient. Because as we know, we treat pregnancy sometimes as a disease process or a health event or something like that, when it's really just a natural thing that happens to people when they engage in certain things. <laughs> um, so, so we really have to look at the whole person and everything that they are going to need to make this pregnancy healthy and successful for their family. Um, so reaching out to someone that um, uses evidence and not just coming up with stuff out the blue. Right. Making sure that someone that meets them where they are and speaks to them and not at them. Right. Um, where they're a partner in this pregnancy and in this postpartum, someone that's going to listen, that's going to see them and hear them. Um, because I tell my clients 
that the provider, whoever they choose, is truly the expert on the body, right? They are the ex- they're the expert on pregnancy, postpartum, and that in general. But you, however, are the expert on your body. You know what makes you feel good and what doesn't make you feel good. You know how to, you know, what things work for your pain and what things don't work for your pain. Mm-hmm. So when someone tells you, oh, that doesn't hurt or, oh, that's not right. Nah, bruh, <laughs> that's what right. works for me. Right. So right. you want, that's the first step is finding someone that you can mesh with and be, and it's okay to change. It is okay to find someone that is your person right. because you're a consumer in this situation um, where you are, this is, you're purchasing the service, <laughs> whether through your insurance or privately, um, you are purchasing the service. Okay. Yeah. And um, how do you feel like Covenant House or where does Covenant House support those who are experiencing pregnancy? Yeah. So Covenant House, I think one of the the, the beauties of Covenant House is they meet uh, the clients where they are. They meet the residents where they are. Whatever point you are, we're not going to say, oh, you should have done this. You should have had this. Nah, bro. This is where you are right now. Okay. Let's make a map. Let's make a journey map as to what or treatment plan or care plan of what it's going to look like from here. And also, um, it whereas some social service agencies look at the person, they're like, here are all the things that you need, you know, housing, uh, food, and all the necessities, but they don't look at the medical. And I want to, one of the unique things about Covenant Houses, we look at the medical and the social service and bring it all together. The social determinants of health, in addition to all the things that um, encompasses your pregnancy, we actually look at the pregnancy. <laughs> How are you progressing in the pregnancy along with everything that you're um, doing? So the maternity program that we have, it does look at all the components, making sure that you're supported through case management, but also supported in your birth. Um, which is important because those health issues, your health is going to determine if you're able to go to that job interview that we've set you up with or be able to take care of the housing that we've set up for you. Um, so we we look at both of those things in order to make sure that the parent can truly thrive through their pregnancy. Okay. And I did have the opportunity, Nurse Nikki, to check you out on Instagram and (laughs) Facebook. And I saw you mention a lot of things about the body and what it Mm -hmm. looks like um, for pregnant moms um, to voice their concerns, like you said earlier Mm -hmm. as well. Um, And you also mentioned a lot about like the mental aspect of that. Can you talk a little bit about that to the people um, who may be having like the mental portion of their maternal health going on? Absolutely. So if your mind isn't right, your body won't follow. All right. So (laughs) like, like it's simple as that. It's simple as that. Like if you are sitting in a space where you can't figure out some of things feel foggy, things feel fuzzy, you are um, having feelings of loneliness or um, your self-worth um, is dwindling or, you know, you're just like really down and sad. You're not going to take care of your body right. and you're surely not going to, and you, you're probably not going to take care of this baby as well as you think you are. Right. Mm-hmm. So if mama is good, baby is great. So if we can get the parent, the postpartum parent to be awesome, baby's going to thrive because everything centers around the mother. And I think so often we lose track of that in our hospital systems and our social service systems and just about every facet of our community. (laughs) We never focus on that. Like during the pregnancy, okay, it's 
is mama and baby, parent and baby. But then afterwards, it's just baby, 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 baby. Gets a two-week checkup, you know, a two-day checkup, two-week checkup, one-month checkup. Mama, you got to wait to six weeks. I'm so sorry. You know, like all those things that we have. Is and meanwhile, no one has asked her how she's doing. Mm-hmm. Not one person. And so what we need to do is flip that, <laughs> focus on the parent, and baby will be fine. Yeah. Absolutely. All day all day so we have to focus on mental health and we forget about that piece um but uh and the physical health will come with that if my mind is good and clear and I have clarity and I have I feel like I'm supported because I know for a fact that supported parents thrive mm-hmm. I my body can heal better right and because I'm in a safe supportive environment right right okay and I heard you say a lot about the postpartum um after mom has the baby, can you tell how important that is between postnatal and prenatal care as well? Right. So every, I think we do a, a great job focusing on prenatal care. Like we have a whole little schedule, right? Yep. <laughs> you, this, where you go at this time, you go uh, once a month for this amount of months, then you go once a week for these months. And then postpartum, you're like, I see you at six weeks. Say, bro. I just... <laughs> <laughs> I just pushed out a whole eight and a half pound baby. Yeah. Yeah. And you were like, see you in two weeks. Call us if you need anything, but we're not going to answer the phone. My nurse may answer it and she may give me the message. And like, it's not set up right. for anybody to, th- to recover well. Right. Um, and so, you know, a lot of states have been pushing, our, uh, Louisiana included, um, and it's passed for 12 months postpartum, right? Mm-hmm. What does that even mean? What does that mean to the patient when you've only been concerned at six weeks? Now you're telling me now all of a sudden you're concerned for 12 months. <laughs> so, so it really, it, it truly is important. And the reason is because the majority of maternal deaths happen in the postpartum period. But we have just kind of put a bandage on like, oh, six weeks. And now you can get up to 12 months. But we've given no guidance as to what that means and what we need to be looking out for because maternal deaths happen because of hypertension. They happen because of hemorrhage where they're bleeding excessively. They happen because of suicide in the state of Louisiana. They happen because of drug overdoses. They happen because of homicide because we didn't ask the questions that we needed to ask about domestic violence. We asked someone, did they feel safe? And when you ask someone, do you feel safe? You got to get some contact with that because- I have asked someone if they feel safe. And they're like, yeah, nurse, I feel safe with you right now. And I was like, no, bro, when you at your house. <laughs> right. And they're like, oh, no, uh-uh, no, no. But has someone not even probed a little bit more and said, at your home, when you leave your home, <laughs> when right. you're in a certain space with somebody else, is there anybody you feel unsafe with? We don't ask the right questions in this period. And that's why we're seeing all these different things happen. And we're seeing... The outcomes that we have but I will say one of the things that we do at Covenant House really well is we ask the hard questions because we know that we have um, access uh, to resources and we may not have direct resources but we can find where they are because I have in closer proximity to the resources that can help you than you are right yeah and then for someone I heard you say about um, the the healthcare system for someone mm-hmm. who 
their provider isn't asking those questions. I know myself, uh, I have three children. I have sister-in-laws who have kids and postpartum is a real thing. But yes. sometimes we don't always know that that's what that is. What are some signs for people who may be going through something after their pregnancy post or even mm. before their pregnancy that you can like guide them through like, hey, this is a sign you may have postpartum mm-hmm. depression. Right. So um, one thing we know for sure that if you've had a history of depression outside of your pregnancy, you're at a greater risk of having it during your pregnancy and in um, a post-birth after you give birth. So that is our first sign, right? Mm-hmm. That is our first sign that something could go um astray (laughs) so they may need extra support in that area we need more people checking on them right Um, because we've kind of moved away from that idea of checking on somebody because we don't want to get in their business and we don't want you know like everything is private and stuff like that but we need to get back into the habit of checking on folks right um checking in so if you know that if you know like oh I remember my sister she was you know kind of down before she got pregnant oh I know that this could happen I think globally, what we need to do on a bigger level is educate our whole community. It's not enough just to educate the pregnant person. We have to educate the people around them because so they can look at the signs and and don't just say, oh, that's the baby blues. Baby, they five weeks out. Baby blues is over. (laughs) Baby blues is essentially those emotions uh, mostly um, exacerbated by uh, the influx and decline of of hormones mm-hmm. and it's for the first two weeks that you're going to feel this sadness and you're going to cry sometimes and you get all these emotions and it's hormonal it is and but once we get past that two-week mark and we still kind of feel like we have increased anxiety we may have these more days or we had crying spells mm-hmm. longer days difficulty sleeping or sleeping too long what it is is it really extremes in behavior outside of your norm that's what I tell people because it can look differently for different folks based on what their baseline is. <laughs> right. So it's just extremes in behavior outside of your norm or you're doing or thinking things. You're like, mm, that thought was kind of intrusive. <laughs> that thought didn't feel like it was safe. Let me talk to someone about it or normalizing the fact that someone can talk to you about an intrusive thought like saying, you know what, today I had a lot of thoughts about death and looking at my baby and my baby was dead and somebody like what like you need to okay let's do that again you say you know what I think you need to talk to somebody how can I help you in this moment have have you talked to someone in the past or can I find somebody new for you you know because some of the fear of telling someone because of these extreme reactions that healthcare providers and even our own family members and friends have like you can't tell me you ain't never had an intrusive thought (laughs) Right, but because we've criminalized it so much we have to make sure that we create a space that is open so intrusive thoughts extreme behaviors um crying loneliness um just feeling of unworthiness sometimes or just feeling of like you're on a high and you're just really jittery um and things like that you can't it's almost like um you're just on a high and you, yeah. and you can't feel, you, you feel like you're just at extreme place or you're moving at a fast pace and things like that. We want to get all of these thoughts and feelings mm-hmm. um, addressed. We don't want them to go on like, oh, they just the way they always act or, oh, that's how I felt too. But that, but that wasn't normal either. 
Just right. because it's common doesn't make it normal. <laughs> that is, and doesn't mean that it doesn't need to be addressed. There are a lot of things that happen after pregnancy that we've normalized and said, "Oh, that's that's normal." Now it's common. Yeah, it's not normal. So. Yeah. All right. And when it comes to a healthy pregnancy, what are mm -hmm. some things someone should do or should even ask uh, for support with? Right. So with a healthy pregnancy, it is one, making sure that you're feeling safe in your space, because anything we implement, we want to make sure that you feel safe in doing it and that you have actually access to that. So a lot of times we always talk about the foods that you eat and all that kind of stuff. Do you have access to food? That's not, you know, do you have access to chia seeds that I told you to put in your smoothie this morning? You know, <laughs> and like uh, we have to make sure that they have access to healthy foods that will um, and and, a, and foods high in caloric intake because we want them to get their calories. So often what I've encountered at Covenant House is sometimes the mothers do not have access. They may have access to food, but not enough food. Yeah. Right. Um, so those snacks, we want them to have snacks. Having a snack is luxury. Yeah. Having a copious amount of food where you have breakfast, lunch, dinner, and then have some snacks in between. Let me eat this granola bar. You know how much granola bar costs? So we have to make sure that we're have they have access to the recommendations that we've made. Um, making sure, are you drinking your water? Do they have access to water? Have you tasted New Orleans water? Like, yeah. <laughs> and so, <laughs> oh, do they have access to the Dasani that you recommend? Do they have access to a water bottle? You know, making sure that they have just the essential things that we don't, we take for granted, but um, making sure that they have it at their disposal, you know, right. um, times of rest. A lot of times we tell pregnant people to rest all the time, rest, rest, rest. But does their life accommodate rest? Does it make room for rest? Yeah. Right. If they have other children or if they, um, you know, have a job that where they're on their feet all day. Now we have the, the Pregnant Workers Fairness Act. <laughs> uh, so we know now yeah. that we can start implementing some of these things that we can we can put pressure on our employers to say, hey, you have to abide by this. Um, because that's also another thing that we've um, hit at Covenant House with some of our mothers is that they're on their feet or they have these strenuous jobs and they're standing. And they were being asked to carry heavy loads pregnant. Yeah. while it's not a disability I really shouldn't be doing this for the health of myself and the baby right right so advocating for themselves in their work environment so they're making sure that they are able to maneuver safely but also still make a living so um, those are just some of the few things that while we say eat hydrate rest <laughs> we have to make sure that we've set up a system and uh, a space where they can actually do that and they have access to those um, resources okay and then how can we all educate young families about just your health during your pregnancy? Mm -hmm. Sharing facts. Okay. <laughs> Sharing facts. Not just like and a TikTok trend. Not like a TikTok trend, like drink blue Gatorade to your baby and be a boy. You know, like, <laughs> like we want to give the facts, but also we have to educate ourselves. Right. So some of the things that we endure during our pregnancies, we're like, dang, why did that happen? But we also tend to share trauma and we tend to share those things. And then we instill that trauma into somebody else and they carry that trauma, even though they haven't lived that trauma, right. they're carrying that with them and that may lead to their outcome. So sharing facts, but also getting history. 
and saying and having our clients talk to if they have family that they can talk to asking them about their birth and their pregnancy because that actually gives me information and their breastfeeding some of these folks walking around here 100% breastfed babies and didn't even know it and they were like I don't want to breastfeed nobody in my family breastfed did you ask anybody did you ask anybody if they were were breastfed you probably were (laughs) and you didn't ask nobody so um, getting that history from their family to make sure, you know, like we have an open communication so they'll know what to expect. Oh, my mom had hemorrhaging through all her pregnancy. Let me use that information and talk to my provider about it. It really does help in the healthcare process of having family history so I can communicate what may happen for me. Um, but also just sharing the facts of, of what's happening, you know, going to Um, reputable people getting it from reputable sources and yes social media is great for giving you a glimpse of information like I heard that this can happen to me during pregnancy Mm -hmm. let me ask somebody about it let me get a little bit more information about it instead of just taking it as truth (laughs) and And running with it running with it (laughs) (laughs) yeah Well, thank you so much, Nurse Nikki, for coming on and giving us some of that information, those, like my mama said, those pearls of wisdom. Um, And for more information, everybody, or questions for Nurse Nikki, we will link all of her information below. And for more information about maternal options through Covenant House New Orleans, y'all can visit the website at www.covenanthousenola.org. Again, a special thank you to Nurse Nikki for coming and thank y'all for listening today. And we hope that you come back and join us on the next episode of the Red Bean Baby Podcast.